today's episode of the Love Your City podcast, I chat with Mark Cowling. Mark is an Anglican minister based in the UK in the Manchester borough of Bolton. Mark also has a role with Gather Movement, an organisation very similar to Movement Australia, which seeks to unite churches in towns and cities across the UK and encourage them to seek the welfare of their city. Mark also gives leadership to the Pastors Unity Network in Bolton. We'll drop you in on the conversation as we're discussing a key project of Gather Movement called Movement for Recovery. The goal of this project is to encourage churches to engage with civic authorities to serve their city. I was asking about your work with Movement um, for Recovery and whether you're happy with the level of buy-in from um, civic leaders in various towns, I mean church leaders in various towns around um, around the UK. Are you finding there's a hunger to engage with um, the civic authority? So the big news was that the, the Metro Mayors, which is a new layer of political leadership that's uh, developed in our country at a regional level over the last 10 years, um, you know, that we, we've, we've had this sort of breakthrough with all those um, Metro Mayors saying they, they love the idea of working with Movement for Recovery. makes a lot of sense to have one umbrella organization where they can collaborate with many, many different churches across, across their regions, across their areas. Um, um, so, yeah, I think this, this has sort of turned the key really in terms of a new level of opportunity. Um, you know, unity is not, is not easy. <laughs> it takes uh, investment of time and resources. Um, and whilst there I guess there's been a mixed picture across the country in terms of, um, you know, how well that's working. I think this opportunity from our Metro mayors has, has, has made church leaders um, sit up and think, yeah, actually this, this, this makes sense. This, this is a reason to sort of uh, invest some more time and energy into unity. Uh, So we've been encouraged. Um, Yeah, I mean, in London, um, there has been quite a well-established unity movement. So uh, London, Greater London is a very big place. They have 33 boroughs and 27 of those boroughs have church unity movement. So that's that's been something that's been built over many years. But in some of our other areas, there is is absolutely no unity groups at all. Um, So I'm working uh, with... um, Peterborough and Cambridge at the moment and um, yeah, building things up from, from more from scratch really um, and uh, there are relationships across the town but it's about trying to draw people together to form steering teams and, and, and commit to a regular pattern of meeting uh, to um, explore and develop the vision for, for unity and movement for recovery. Have you found that the pandemic has made church leaders more inclined to pursue unity or the opposite or how has coming out of the pandemic affected the mindset of church leaders around the country? I think we see the need is greater than ever to work together. However, um, yeah, I mean, church leaders, I think have been disorientated by the pandemic Um a number of churches, you know, have found that people have not had the confidence to return to church. Um, and so resources are, are less. Um, I, 
I've spoken to one church leader who said that uh, he's lost a hundred volunteers from leading ministry and mission in his church. Um, when you think about, you know, kids groups and luncheon clubs and all the things that churches, you know, do, um, you know, that's, that's a big loss from the operations <laughs> of a church. Um, and so I think, yeah, there is this tension. Whilst we see the need is greater than ever to, to work together, we're also struggling uh, to uh, operate our churches because of the impact of the pandemic. I'd be keen to hear any particular stories you have, Mark, of uh, particular towns where you feel you're feeling most encouraged that, you know, um, there's momentum and, and good engagement and, uh, uh, and um, progress being made in that collaboration with civic authorities, et cetera. Um, and then also maybe some of the struggles as well, you know, like where, where you found it has been frustrating to gain traction and some of the areas where you'd like to see more momentum. Um, yeah, stories are always helpful for those on particular aspects of the journey, as you well know, um, yeah. for encouragement, et cetera. So, yeah. yeah. Great, great. So, um, yeah, I guess there's two different levels uh, to share stories. One is at a, what we call a borough level, which is like a town, um, typically, you know, 200, 300,000 people live in a town and they're, have a local council that oversees that and um, yeah that we believe there's a, a real opportunity to work with the boundaries of those um, those civic boundaries um, you know if, if you're inside those boundaries you know the, the local council will work with you they'll collaborate with you if you're outside those boundaries it, it, it can be harder to you know um, to collaborate with the civic authorities so yeah, we, we encourage um, all churches within the civic boundary to kind of catch that opportunity. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, churches are typically um, or can, can often be quite ingrained in a silo culture. <laughs> um, and that's often not very helpful for collaboration. Um, so we, we, we often uh, describe churches relationships from you know at one end being in competition with each other or, or just coexisting uh, as, as not being um, uh, yeah a great way to, 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 to collaborate and to move forward at the other end you know we, we um, are beyond communication we're actually collaborating together and, and in partnership as churches together but also with other agencies including our council um, and so, yeah, that's a journey of uh, building relationships and building that vision. And I've been part of that journey in Bolton for the last five years. And um, we gather um, four times a year for a breakfast meeting with our church leaders. And we'll get anywhere between uh, 30 and 60 church leaders attend, attend that meeting. And I think, you know, we, of the 100 or so church leaders we have in our, in our borough, um, you know, we've got most of them engage with this project um, but uh, we continue to, to invest and, and uh, we've developed an ambassador role in Bolton a church leader retired church leader now who's uh, spending time having coffee with with church leaders just continuing to share the vision and encourage uh, that spirit of collaboration really and, and the action of collaboration the commitment to collaboration um, yeah so um, 
That's, uh, that's been a, a good story in Bolton, um, seeing how things have come together over five years in a way that no one had really seen before. Yeah, then there's uh, a combined authority level where, as I say, it's not just one borough, you're now working with a number of boroughs. And again, you know, this silo mentality can affect our boroughs. And in Bolton, for example, we're one of 10 boroughs and we've tended to not want to connect with the greater Manchester scene, you know, we've wanted to be quite parochial as a, as a, um, a community on the edge of the, the big city. Um, but actually, um, yeah, um, I think the Metro Mayor's vision is that, you know, we can go further together. And so um, he's, he's been keen to harness some of the capabilities of the church. He recognises not only the uh, resources and the buildings we have and the, and the volunteering hours that the Christian faith community delivers every year, um, but also yeah, what we can do to um, address some of the, the big social needs in our communities, whether it be food security or mental health or school readiness. These are just some of the issues that our Metro mayors have as some of the priorities um, uh, in, in their work. Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, London uh, for, for some years, there's been a, a good structure of churches working together across many boroughs. And they uh, launched a mental health project in conjunction with their Metro Mayor, Sadiq Khan, and his office. And um, yeah, they were able to roll out this program across many, many churches across Greater London. So really thrilling to see that teamwork um, and to get some of the feedback, for example, um, on the, one of the uh, mental health uh, um, uh, deliveries was a, um, a suicide prevention course that can be done on, on 20 minutes online to help us become more aware uh, and uh, respond to uh, people's mental health. And um, they, uh, the mayor's office were able to show a big spike in the number of people that had done that course after it was rolled out across the churches uh, across Greater London. So, yeah, bits of evidence like that that uh, uh, show the Mayor's Office and our unity movements that it, it is worthwhile to, to collaborate and um, building, I guess, a bit of a track record that actually this, this collaboration is worth something that is, is something that's worth more time and investment from, from both sides, the church's side as well as um, our civic leaders' uh, side. Um, yeah, in Manchester, uh, Greater Manchester, where we have 10 boroughs, we've been, Bolton has probably been one of the leading boroughs in terms of we've been working at this for five years. Um, it's a mixed picture across the other nine boroughs, but it's something that Gala Movement is investing in and facilitating. Um, and uh, particularly with the uh, support of Andy Burnham, that, as we've said, has um, encouraged church leaders to take this seriously and to, um, uh, yeah, get together and and, and try and uh, build build a response really. Um, so what we've been doing this summer is um, after the conversation with the mayor Andy Burnham is to do a, some mapping of uh, the food provision that happens in every church across the region. Um, so I've taken a bit of a lead on this in Bolton because I, I know the church is well here. Um, 
we mapped uh, a series of about a dozen questions that we mapped what kind of food is, is offered at, at the church, whether it's an emergency food parcel, a food bank, whether it's community meals or a range of questions like that. So we were able to, to capture that data for um, about 150 churches, actually. So now we can create um, maps that by post postal code, we can see exactly where across our, our borough uh, food is provided on, on what regularity. Um, and we can also then overlay that with other maps that our council has, for example, um, where the free school meals are, 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 are given to children across our borough. So we have a kind of map that then allows us to see where the gaps are in terms of what the church is providing uh, and where the needs are in our community. And um, yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Uh, and that is an important part of the strategy and um, collaboration between our Metro mayor at a regional level, as well as our civic leaders at a borough level. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, the Metro mayor is basically saying he wants to work with us to, to fill the gaps, um, to fund um, projects that will be church-based uh, that will, will meet the needs of, of those that uh, we're not reaching at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is very exciting because it's leading us to think and ask new questions about food security. Um, who are we feeding? Are they the, the neediest people in our community? Uh, what are food deserts and how can the church, um, you know, uh, address that and be part of the solution to food deserts? So, yeah, it's, it's taking us into to new areas that are much more coordinated, much more strategic. Um, and, um, yeah, I think also challenging churches not to think in isolation so much now, but to make sure that they're part of this joined up thinking. Um, Did you choose the food, I, you know, the issue of food security and mapping that across churches because it is one of the key needs in the, uh, the boroughs of, of Manchester? Or what, what was sort of the thinking and the reasoning behind choosing that issue as opposed to uh, other services that churches might offer? Or are you planning to also map other services in, in time? Yeah, I think it's it's come out of a conversation with the Metro Mayor. What are his priorities? And I think the church saying, you know, we, we want to serve our town. We want to play our part in our town alongside other groups and agencies. Um, you know, how can we play our part? And I think that's, we felt as important as we go to our civic leaders is, is to go with that heart to serve rather than saying, this is what we want to address. Uh, and actually, that's right, because, you know, our civic leaders are, they have the big picture. Uh, they, they don't think in silos quite in the way that we do as church leaders or, you know, even boroughs. We can be trapped into thinking a bit you know, in a silo mentality. So I think, yeah, our, our, these civic leaders, they have the big picture. And that's very helpful, uh, not only for us to pray into that big picture, but also to act uh, you know, in a coordinated way in that big picture. Um, so, yeah, I think we, 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 that's our starting place with all our civic leaders and metro mayors is to say, you know, we'd love to have a conversation. We'd love to hear what your priorities are. And then as we've sat around the table uh, with these leaders, we've then said, well, you know, we'd like to share two or three stories about what the church is doing, you know, locally so that you can hear some good news stories, what our capabilities, our skills are. Um, and, 
yeah, through that, uh, it's, it's a discussion, a conversation about what an agreed priority will be. In the northwest of England, which is, you know, one of the poorest parts of England, you know, it's made sense for that to be food security as the sort of the, the number one thing. Um, yeah, there were different reasons why mental health was chosen as the number one thing in, in London. Uh, but again, you can see that came directly out of the pandemic and addressing needs uh, across London. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's been good having those conversations and exploring what are the priorities. But, you know, th there is a list that the mayors have. And I think as we prove ourselves in one area, they're very keen to, you know, then see the next project um, uh, roll out. Um, yeah. You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. You mentioned in Bolton, the borough which you reside, it's been a five-year journey. Um, can you describe what things were like five years ago and, um, you know, the progress that's been made over the last five years? Like, were you starting from absolute scratch in terms of ch um, churches relating together or what was your starting point to get to a place where there's genuine collaboration between church leaders and civic authorities in a really constructive way? Yeah, so I uh, moved to Bolton about 12 years ago, and I, I did my first training role as an Anglican minister in a, a fairly large family church in the northern, one of the northern suburbs of Bolton, and um, kept in touch with my, my training uh, minister, uh, and um, he was saying that um, after I'd left and had gone into a new role that, you know, as a church, they'd been exploring new vision um, statement and they'd come up with um they, they changed from uh knowing christ and making christ known to a new statement which was transforming bolton in jesus name and uh i, I thought that was great a great development and um but as we sort of chatted about that it, it became clear that that mission statement really required a conversation with the other churches across across the town it wasn't something that they you know, should really be thinking about in isolation. Um, and the, the role that I was currently doing when I had this conversation uh, was actually a, a regional role where I connected with many of the church ministers across, across the town. And so I, I offered, I said, you know, if you'd like me to draw some people together to have a conversation about that, I'd be happy to do that. And he was delighted. And so we got a few, few church leaders from across the town together um, particularly some who'd, who'd worked across the town on different projects. Um, and um, it started from there. Um, interestingly, on that first night, um, we, we actually met in a pub and uh, uh, we found that um, people had some, some grudges that they were holding on to. Um, they hadn't met like this before and 
it turned out that people had got frustrated with each other over the years and there were grudges that you know people were struggling with and so those came out really before we got into anything else and um it was really interesting to see how people had to address that and you know explain why things had happened that way and, and make apologies and um yeah that was a very significant part of our first meeting really um and that enabled us then to move forward in a really different way. There was a real warmth between us, a real commitment between us. And um, yeah, and that's, that's, uh, that group are still you know, meeting regularly uh, to steer and, and lead this unity movement in our town, which is, which is great. Um, yeah, we uh, fairly early on um, had the opportunity and we felt it was a God incident to connect with uh, a project that our uh, local council was doing, uh, which was called a vision partnership. And we went along and the, the vision partnership was the council admitting that they, they're not enough to, to, to uh, do everything that needs to be done in our town. And, and we're inviting um, partnerships with the private sector and the third sector. And, uh, as church representatives at that meeting, we, we really felt that, yeah, that was an invitation for the church to play its part um, in our town. And the theme that the council was sharing is that they wanted to see everybody in our town start well, live well, and age well, and to see an improvement in that by, the, by 2030. Uh, so that was a kind of 13-year vision. And so that was a really helpful starting point for us to, as church leaders involved to think, how do we play our part in that vision? And actually, we, you know, really felt convicted that the gospel is about that. It's about uh, starting well, living well, and aging well. And uh, the church has to be part, part of that answer. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, developed into all sorts of uh, work that we've, we've done since then. In terms of the spectrum of denominations or church traditions that have been involved in this particular unity movement in Bolton is is there a good representation across the board or uh, have you found that you know that the, the genuine relationships have melted the, the the theological and denominational barriers that can tend to get in the way yeah I think so Evan I mean I think you know we see that by the attendance of our church leaders breakfast you know we're getting church leaders from every denomination really which is so encouraging and um you know, it's not something we take for granted. Um, we, for example, um, many pastors, uh, particularly in uh, Pentecostal and independent churches, are bivocational. So they work Monday to Friday and then they pastor their church on a Sunday. And, um, you know, they're not available to come to these meetings because they're, they're at work. <laughs> um, and... Um, particularly um, black uh, church in, in Bolton. Um, um, it can be difficult, you know, really gathering those leaders because they've got other commitments. Um, so, yeah, and I think one of the, the principles is that, you know, that as a steering team leading this project, we, we can't be just about uh, unity for ourselves. It has to be representing those who, who can't make it, who can't be at the table. Um, and so, to that extent, it's been really important for us to appoint someone as an ambassador who can get around all the churches um, 
and perhaps you know doing that pastoral work of of helping people with issues that they might have with unity as well as um connecting with those that are less available because their work means that they've, they've got to be somewhere else quick break to encourage you to check out our website movement.org.au this site contains a library of resources podcasts videos blogs stories from australia and around the world of city gospel movement people who are on the ground practitioners bringing the church together across denominations for the sake of their community you can search by speaker author subject to find exactly what you're looking for Subscribe with your email address and we'll connect with you personally to see how we can serve a city gospel movement in your community. I was going to ask about that ambassador role. Um, is that an, an employed position? Have funds been allocated to that? Or as you mentioned, he was a former or retired minister who uh, is fulfilling that role. Have resources been allocated to allow him to do that? Or how does that work? Yeah, so resources has been a big step. I mean, in the first four or five years, we we have relied on on um, volunteers. I've given quite a lot of my own time as a church leader. In the last five years, actually, I've been in in a parish role. So I've given you know some hours each week to help facilitate this project. But I think we've realised as we've got further on with this journey that we we need to invest in. Uh, uh, roles uh, in people to, to do these roles. Um, now, it turns out that uh, Paul, who just retired from the church that I was I mentioned earlier on, and he was the leader of the church that I first trained at, as he retired, he, he really felt God say to him, this ambassador role is something I want you to do. And so he does that out of his own volunteering. Uh, he's retired. He has some time uh, energy to do that, which is wonderful. Um, we actually have felt that we need to employ an enabler, which is another role, which is some of the coordination, uh, some of the administration, um, and, uh, and the comms side of it, website. Um, yeah, so we've been raising money over the last year to get that role going in, in a paid capacity um, <laughs> because we feel that realistically to, to do this work well, we need to move into a, a paid role, just one day a week, um, but that will, will make all the difference to us at the moment. Does raising money mean um, churches are contributing, their churches themselves are funding that role? Right. So, yeah, we, we put this invitation out to our church leaders' breakfast meeting and said, look, guys, you know, if we're committed to this, we need to invest not just time but money in this. And, um, yeah, so we've had donations from churches across the town um we have not reached our, our budget yet to make to give us that sort of security of this role so um we're sort of doing it on a bit of a self-employed basis at the moment but the idea is that actually um you know we develop the funding for that um and um yeah so that we can secure this role for a at least a three-year period and really uh build something uh, over that kind of length of time. No, I love the um, the idea that, yeah, it's not just about, I mean, there's, there's a place for putting putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and allocating resources so that, you know, uh, administration and other tasks can be done really effectively. 
Uh, and as, in Australia, as far as I know, that's quite a, a rare thing for churches to to take that next step to put in place the structures and the money required to um, to allow the, the thing to keep gathering momentum. Yeah, the money's come from unexpected places, you know, um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, again, the, the the different parts of the body that they're in different places and you know and are able to do different things at different times, and it's it's just been really. Um, encouraging i think just to see uh, what role the different parts of the body of the church and our and our and our borough have been able to play now i wanted to ask recently it must have been just last month gather movement held a a gathering a conference uh in manchester um what i'm assuming um you know there was leaders from a good cross-section of the uk that attended attended that gathering what were you hoping to achieve from bringing them together and what do you think will be the sort of the the outcome of, of getting together on a national level well yes it was called uh, the government summit and um yeah I, I like that word summit it's, it's it's a view from the top a big 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 picture view and i think that was the the goal was to gather um church leaders who've really been that yes, they're part of a network that we connect with, but they're they're more than that. They're, we've we've travelled um, in special ways with many of these church leaders across the country. There's a sense of uh, a family, uh, so it was a sense of drawing the family together, uh, a family that are um, yeah, God has touched with this this vision and the importance of this vision. Um, so it was a very blessed time of being together and having fellowship together, as well as. Um, yeah, um, reflecting on the journey so far and um, where we need to go as church unity movements. We were very privileged to have Mayor Andy Burnham come and speak to us for half an hour uh, about um, his view on the need for a movement for recovery. Um, we had a number of seminars that uh, discussed and shared from different parts of the country um, experiences that are have been encouraging as well as challenging and um yeah i think um i mean it was it was it was a, a very special occasion we were blessed by some amazing worship and some very prophetic words that we received there uh, which again just is such a blessing gathering as, as a family <laughs> um but yeah i think um as we um, reflected using some of the tools that we developed for the summit we recognize that there are two major areas that we need to um, grow and skills in. Uh, one, one is strategy for, for um, uni our unity movements. Um, and um, the other area is, is building mission in the spheres of influence across our towns and regions. So we understand there are spheres of influence in our towns, whether it be business or um, local government, um, whether it be sports and media, the education, there are these spheres of influence. And actually, as, as God's church, we're called to build mission and ministry into those spheres of influence. But it's not something that one church can do on its own. It has to be a joined-up work. And um, um, so, yeah, I think this is another area that we really felt God is calling us to as unity movements, to 
uh, get skilled up, get equipped, uh, and to to really uh, build mission uh, into uh, into these spheres of influence. Our whole conference was was given a title by uh, Roger Sutton, actually, uh, 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 the leader of the CEO of uh, of Gather Movement, uh, as as dwell, build, and seek. And um, we had some fantastic, you know, sort of uh, biblical reflections on on those words from the Bible, what it is to dwell in our towns and cities as Christians and what it is to, to build the church and what it is to seek God's leading in that. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a great time and uh, we, we, were, uh, we got many words of encouragement from, from the Lord about, uh, you know, his leading us, which uh, was, was really good. Um, a bit of an aside, Mark, um, I wanted to ask, I, or the context for the question, I spent um, with my family the first three months of the year in, in the south of England, in Hampshire. Um, we were spending some time at uh, Libri Fellowship down um, in a tiny little village called Gretham. And while we were there, my family and I, on Sunday morning, we attended a tiny little Church of England church. Um, and we got to know the, the minister there a little bit and chatting to him about the state of the Church of England, particularly as a denomination in, in the UK. Mm. And um, he, his assessment was that the uh, Church of England is, is in collapse mode in terms of trying to, well, financially, big challenges, at least in his parish, and uh, lack of connection with the village in which they, they, um, they meet. And he is trying to his credit, trying very hard to reconnect with the community and with other churches in, in the village and surrounds. Um, uh, how, how would you describe the state of, you know, the Church of England, which I assume is the biggest denomination in the UK at the moment? Um, how are they travelling as a denomination? And um, is, is there, yeah, is, I mean, he's just one guy in one part of, Hampshire in one part of a, a, a large country, but what's, yeah, how are things traveling for the Church of England at the moment in the UK? That's a great question. Um, I can give you my perspective. <laughs> I'm sure other people would have uh, maybe different perspectives, but undoubtedly the Church of England is going through a time of uh, great challenge. Um, the challenges, as I see them, yeah, we have, um, been rocked by the pandemic, certainly in the Diocese of Manchester, which covers the, you know, the Manchester region. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had to be bailed out financially by, by the you know, head office in London. And, um, you know, it's, it's led to some dramatic cuts. You know, they've sold their big office in the centre of Manchester and moved out to much smaller premises on the edge of the region. And, uh, you know, we've had to see... Um, uh, yeah, a freeze on staffing and um, um, yeah, so there are some big financial challenges. Um, giving, I think, is has been down about 20% generally across the diocese. Um, that, that has a big impact on, on uh, the structures that you run. Um, the diocese uh, has tried to, to to, to lead on some strategic initiatives. It's proud to say that it's planting more churches than it's closing, and that's a, a good news story. Um, but, um, 
yeah, it's within a cost-cutting environment and in any industry and workplace where it's cost-cutting, it, it's tough. It's tough. And um, um, my own experience, I, I came out of parish life at Easter. Um, yeah, we were you know, chronically short-staffed to run the four churches in the parish and the four church schools and everything we were trying to do. Um, so there aren't quick solutions to a lot of this. Um, however, the Church of England still represents an amazing um, opportunity resource for our communities. I mean, we have buildings in almost every postcode and in every town. Um, you know, we have uh, responsibilities for Church of England primary schools and secondary schools that gives us unrivaled access to um, minister to young people. Um, and um, yeah, we're still, you know, very much a trusted church as a point of entry for people exploring faith. So the Church of England has some, you know, fantastic opportunities, um, but it's a, a very challenging environment. And um, I guess uh, for as many times as they make good decisions, they are, you know, will as human beings make some bad decisions as well. And um, so there's, there's, uh, I guess, cross and resurrection going on in the Church of England. <laughs> and that's probably as it should be, isn't it? I mean, you know, that's, that's probably what, you know, uh, is the DNA of church really for, for, for whatever reason. Um, um, yeah, so it's, um, I think the, the danger is in such a big organization, it can be very, very uh, a slow process, a big process to turn it around. Um, and um, I think I, you know, on, on reflection, I'm a bit, bit frustrated that it can be too internally looking. That would be my, my biggest concern, really. Mm. But there's some radical things going on. So in our, in our area, Bolton, um, you know, we've had a new layer of management in the Anglican Church brought in who's, who's there to get alongside ministers much more closely uh, than we've known before and, and offer that support. And also a new role called the transformation officer that's all about transforming communities. So mm. I think there's a real intent to um, see the Church of England um, become relevant uh, and missional. Um, but it's, it's, it's slow work. And, um, of course, the culture of churches is both fascinating and challenging. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, it's, it's working with the culture that's, that's perhaps one of the biggest challenges that, that we have. Um, but God is good. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we continue to pray, pray for the Church of England. It's, it's got such an important role to play. And... Um, yeah, we hope that uh, it will play its part with the other churches, you know, with this bigger ecumenical vision uh, playing our part in the town. And uh, that will vary from area to area, I guess, as you get different people who uh, can connect, have capacity or conviction to, uh, to connect with that. Hmm. That's good. Well, thanks, Mark. appreciate it. Your candor on that. I know it's yeah, it's it's a challenging time for the church in Australia as well. We um, I, I heard a stat from a pastor um, a few years ago now, but he said that in Australia the church has been in numerical decline for the last seventy years, 
we peaked in the in the 1950s in terms of the number of Christians, and since that time, it's been a long, slow, <laughs> long, slow decline. And so, the challenges that you've described as just in one denomination are certainly very evident in our country as well um, across most denominations, not all, but most. Um, the challenge of the long, slow decline, and and um, whether you just continue doing what you've been doing, sort of go to a, a slow death or um, take up the challenge to uh, press into God and see what fresh things he might have for the church uh, in this current generation, in this current time. So um, the challenges are certainly um, very real here as well. And perhaps, uh, well, I think of the UK as being, um, you know, ahead of Australia in terms of, perhaps in terms of your sec secularization and where you've gone as a nation, Australia is a bit behind, but not far behind. And so I look and see what you guys are doing and um, see the challenges, but also take encouragement by hearing what you've talked about today, what you're doing in Bolton is brilliant and what's happening in the greater Manchester area, what you've described in London with um, collaborating with the mayor on uh, mental health issues is brilliant. Uh, we can certainly find a lot of encouragement um, here in Australia from that as we're seeking to do similar things in towns and cities across the countries. I really appreciate you taking the time to share that. Mm -hmm.